Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. so beautiful every it's like, time it gets it, me. it's what it's what i love about america that it song. really is it it's just, just you want to just salute yeah it's the greatest country in the world yeah I, or, you know <laughs> we're, we're, no. we're patriots <laughs> usa, <laughs> USA. <laughs> that's why you stormed the capital yeah right yeah yeah but i got there on the seventh i was late i i, I didn't <laughs> get the memo. i was yeah. late to this this thing well jenny please we we have a guest of epic proportions we not really physically. do not physically he's 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 slim <laughs> down, frankly, but yeah uh, but we do i i believe this is even someone that you worked with no our ships oh, passed yeah. in the night oh i oh that's I, disappointing but you I'll, I'll tell that story but for but yes the, okay but Okay, one of the funniest people ever, and one of the stars of Roseanne, and also True Lies. If you've never seen that movie, I recently watched it for the first time. Oh, he's great! It was your bra- his breakout. It was yeah. absolutely one of the funniest people. Everyone, it is Tom Arnold. Give it up! Woo! Hi guys, hi everybody. Hi hi hi! Applause applause! Tom, thank you so much for being here. Oh, yeah, thank you for having me, guys. I'm fa- you know fans of both you guys. I, I I have this. I had early in my career an uncanny ability to join a show after um, a contentious breakout. So my first sitcom was um, Evening Shade with Burt Reynolds, and as I was starting, he ended with Lonnie Anderson. Yeah, and um, and uh, but re, re but uh, but recommitted himself to vodka. So that yeah. was, uh, but uh, and then I got into Roseanne at the at the point where where you guys had ended. I was like, so I'm 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 not good for stars in relationships. I think, but uh, yeah. well, you know, Burt Reynolds, what a great, what a awesome because filming. I think it, did Evening Shade film on the lot with the Roseanne show with us? Yes, yeah. Run into him, run into him, and I'm like, holy shit, Burt Reynolds, man. And uh, and I'll tell you, Lottie. Bert is no longer with us, as you know. Yes. Lottie looks amazing. Like, I do these Comic-Con things that she'll show up. Oh, really? She's a freaking 10, man, still. She's like, really? yeah, they're, uh, she's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. She's, like, she's, what, 95 now? I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, she is. But let me tell you, the, the I Dream of Jeannie is, well, oh. it is 92, and she just kills it. She kills I, it. You that know? is I've talked about this before, I think on this podcast, but Jeannie, I was just a kid watching reruns, but that was when I realized, oh, I'm straight. Like it was, <laughs> it was, it was like, she's making me feel things where I pee. Like, what is that? <laughs> so yeah, so Barbara Eden, I don't care. Like, I, I'll, you know, on her, with her last breath, I would, I would, I would lay with her. Absolutely. And, and then, you know, I, I started doing these, uh, 
autograph shows, whatever. I, you know, I have a lot of legal bills. So I started doing it. <laughs> first one, I was nervous because I thought nobody's going to give shit. Can I say shit? Just say, you can say whatever know, the fuck you want. Yeah, please, yeah. Um, and I did this, the Hollywood one. And I look over and Joe Collins is there. Number oh one. Like, oh, yeah. You know, uh, that's something. And then I look over and Sophia Loren is there. And I love love with Sophia Loren, right? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out a way to get up and talk to her. I talked to her a while back, a few years ago, and I get right up that I thought, she looks amazing. I get up, I'm talking to her, and after about three minutes, I realize, oh, it's not, it's an impersonator (laughs) who kind of looks like the older, the the Sophia Loren from wherever. Yeah. I... I, uh, you know, having a very intimate conversation about seeing her at the, at the House of Blues with her kid, and uh, it's so good. And uh, and I realized, oh, this is, and I don't want to embarrass the guy because, yeah, like he is so good at it. I mean, I got his information. We went, and we peed together, which was super <laughs> funny for me. But um, you know, it, it took me a minute. You see some of these impersonators, and you're like, that looks like I could, a guy from Iowa like me could believe. For a minute, at least, those are the real folks. So, oh, for sure. You know, those people get laid like crazy when they go to the Midwest. Yeah, well, that you know, people think we're repressed, <laughs> or the women are repressed, or whatever. That's just absolutely not true. In fact, the Iowa Writers Workshop uh, a long time ago, I met Kurt Vonnegut. He, you know, we oh, have these great writers that come through there, and uh, he said, I, "I said, why? Well, it must be hard going to." Uh, uh, Iowa City, and when you're used to kind of the big city, and he's like, "Well, the, a lot of writers do it because the women are very extremely f- friendly and excited, and uh, you know, our the women, the women's sports when I was growing up were bigger than the men's sports. Like it's not, you know, women, the girls work on the farm with us. If if the if the father <laughs> dies, and the girl is 15 or 16, she takes over. So there's no, you know." Um, there, you know, you grow up like that, which is a great way to grow up, and everybody's kind of in it, in it together. And uh, so, but the women are, you know, in Iowa City, University of Iowa, yeah, they'll they'll tell you what they want to do. You better do it. <laughs> no, well, that workshop, that writer's workshop, is world famous. I mean, it's yeah. it's like all of those, you know, at the time it was like every every big writer was, a, you know, a part of that, and still, you know, but they still I, do. They have a great. We're very proud. Of, I'm an Iowa Hawkeye, obviously. Yeah. We're very proud of that and uh, the connections in uh, Hollywood. You know, people go from there to to do jobs like you guys. So it's, yeah, and it's and it's a real boot camp. Like it's a real like um like it, it's like there are tears. There's like a lot. Of, <laughs> It's it, it, I, every every story I've read. I've heard Kurt Vonnegut talk about it, and um, uh, um, so it's uh, yeah. And he's my favorite author, so it's uh, yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. Um, so you so you went to your uh, you went to the University of Iowa. Yes. Is that where you're from, man? Well, yeah, I'm from Atumma, Iowa, which is southeast Iowa, uh, and I worked on the kill floor of a meat packing plant for three years after high school to save money. So I could go to the University of Iowa. Like my dad, you know, I grew up in this family where my dad's like, when you're 18, he boxed, I was almost a seven, he boxed my stuff up and said, all right, give, you know. And, and a lot of that was great because I never assumed anybody would buy. If I wanted, I got my first car, I had to mow yards or bale hay or detail the court and, and, and save 600 bucks. So the day I turned 16, I got my license and a car. And, 
you know, and then of course I smashed it immediately, but mm-hmm. I never assumed there was any backup. <laughs> he made it pretty clear, you know, my kids, when I'd say, dad, I need money for whatever he pulls pockets out go, I got no money. Okay. Uh, but my kids, I'll do that with my kids because I think it's hilarious. And my son will go, no, no, actually, there's $38 in your pants that are hanging in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, it, that's why I don't have guns in the house. Right? Yeah, I because, he, you know, he's nine. When I was nine, I was like, as soon as my dad left, he'd say, stay the F away from my guns. If anybody, you know, as soon as he left, me and my four younger brothers would just try to bust into his safe to get his yeah. gun, you know. That was our whole thing immediately. Well, my dad's entire Playboy collection wound up under my bed, so it was very similar. That's another thing. You go to Hollywood, you have these Playboys that are so important to you growing up because, <laughs> you know, and then you, you know, someone like Shannon Tweed plays your wife on a show like with me, and just look at her like, oh, my God, I can't believe, because, you know, you have their beautiful picture up and, and they're, they, you know, the, the classic ones, and then you're meeting these people, and you're like, holy hell, man. She was important to my life, I tell you. Oh, my God. You want to thank her for her services when, you know, like, like, salute. No, I know. I think, like, I I, someone has to keep me away from Linda Carter if I meet her. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Actually, I I feel the same way about Linda Carter. I grew up without a mother, so I had to see, you know. Wow. That's how I saw. I had no idea what women, you know, I used to see my mom's tits all the time, and they were fantastic. Yeah. No, I would watch Wonder Woman and my dad, I, I, I loved Wonder Woman and my dad would like remind me that it was about to come on. And I was like, that's so sweet. He wants to watch TV with me, not realizing that he was like, fuck yeah, Linda Carter. She's right. <laughs> cool. She's a cool chick too, man. She's, she's really cool. She's awesome. On I follow her on Twitter. Yeah, she's oh, God. amazing. Love her. Yeah, Twitter. Love you guys on Twitter too. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, but she, but and speaking of Twitter, I mean, I mean, I think that's where you, really the only interactions we've had, I think Tom and uh, yeah, we're during like in the heat of all of the Trump stuff and and yeah. all of that. Like I've really appreciated all you've done, and you always sort of came, you know, when shit was going down. I mean, even when it wasn't me, it was like you you came to people's defenses and you talked about it. And I know you did everything in your. I want to hear about a little bit. Okay, yeah. I'm fascinated about this about the journey with the Mark Burnett tapes. And for those who don't, yes, know, please. <laughs> but for those who don't know. You know, Marford, you know, he produced Celebrity Apprentice, and there's all of this raw footage that's obviously out there. And we, we, given what we know about Donald Trump on Mike, one can only and and we've already heard anecdotally all of that kind of stuff that he did yeah. off Mike, and not that any of it apparently mattered, but it might have mattered early. You know, he he yeah. us like he could have done some good. But what's your Tell me about that journey for you. Well, you know, I've known Donald Trump for 40 years and he was, you know, he'd come on my sports show. He'd, uh, you know, Roseanne and I did an HBO special at his, one of the Trump Castle or something like 1989 or something. And, uh, you know, I always thought, well, he's a funny, interesting guy. You know, that guy, he's a guy that uh, when we we're getting ready to do the special, he said, listen, I have a friend who will load us at Duesenberg. I think that's what it's called. The big car, the yeah. old car. And, uh, uh, and, and he'll, uh, I'll get it, whatever it costs, I'll pay for it. And he goes, what I'll do is I'll drive it on stage and, and, and be Roseanne's chauffeur. Well, then, I thought, that's hilarious. And so now he's in the special. But, and then, you know, two months later, I get a call from somebody at HBO. They're like, the, the guy that he, that packed up that car and drove it six hours to Atlantic City, 
never got paid by Donald Trump. And so I was like, we got to, we got to, that's a hilarious story. We got to pay that guy. We did. And then, you know, he, he, he wanted me to be on The Apprentice. Uh-huh. He call him and Mark Burnett call. And he's very, uh, uh, you know, it's not that I didn't need the money because they do offer, you know, yeah. you get $250,000, you get a script deal, uh, uh, you get whatever. And he is very, but I kept thinking, well, what is the, are you really his apprentice? And do you have to do that? But I, you know, I get, always gave it serious consideration. And, uh, but I never, I never did it. Uh, when this stuff started, I knew about his outtakes. His, yeah. I had a sports show called Best Dad Sports Show, period. And my clip producer, uh, brother, was the executive producer of The Apprentice. Wow. Eric Van Wagen and, uh, and his brother. And, you know, clip producers on sports shows, man, they cut stuff together. And, yeah. and so there was a, a reel, of, of sort of a Christmas reel of Trump, the worst, some of the worst of Trump. And, uh, and, and the, the one brother for the last 10 years, he was the last guy to speak to Trump before every take. And, you know, because it's a game show, legally, because of the, 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 the thing that in the set in yeah. the 50s where they had a game show scandal, yeah. they, there's a federal law. They have to say they have to film the host from the time he gets out of the car until the time he gets back in the car at night. And, you know, they had 18 cameras going and they had it mic'd up. And so you could just, anybody would eventually do stuff, but he, you know, he was just so much worse. So he's going to run for president, which I thought this is, this is just bananas. And another thing I had, there's a lot of over, there's so much overlap with, me and Trump that that I can't be that good of a person, but another <laughs> other buddy, uh, Chuck Labella, had gone to Russia with him in 2013 for the Miss Universe. He worked on The Apprentice and Miss Universe. He was uh, Trump's body man, and he got back when he got back in 2013. He's like, "Holy shit! You won't believe what he did. This happened in the hotel. This with Putin. This and that." Yeah. Putin said he wants him to be president. He really went to his head, all this shit. Well, then suddenly in 2015, when he's like, I'm going to run for president, you're like, well, I, I call up these guys. Hey, you got to, we got to talk about that publicly. We got to do this and that. And so uh, I couldn't get any cooperation. So I did. And, and like with the, the body bad guy, who was a very nice guy, yeah. uh, uh, Trump, uh, you know, he complained about me going public to, Trump and Trump had Michael Cohen called and hired a lawyer for the guy uh, who, you know, I guess they hired this one lawyer for everybody, for Stormy Daniels, for Karen Pugh. And and, uh, so that was their way of, you know, so that might that guy went completely to the dark side. So as they're getting ready to do this thing, you know, I'm calling Mark Burnett and I saw Mark Burnett over at Arnold Schwarzenegger's holiday party. I go, I need to I need to for the country. I need, we need to hear those tapes. He goes, Tom, listen, number one, he shows me a picture on his phone. It's his kid. He goes, he was the ring bearer at Trump's wedding. I just want you to know, my son. And he said, nothing. Trump wants the tapes. You want the tape. I'm not going to give them to anybody. So I think it's kind of even. And before I left that, uh, uh, the, the, the executive producer guy, that Van Wagon guy was there. And I kind of got into it with a couple people uh, that I really respected there. Yeah. That 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 said, Hillary is is the more like Hitler than Trump. Like she, the way she's, and it was almost like a full on fistfight. And then this, 
uh, to his credit, the one Van Wagen, a brother, got between me and a bunch of people and said, I know Trump better than everybody in this room. And he is the worst human being I've ever met in my life. <laughs> and then I was like, that's my exit. I got to get yeah, out of that's here. A, that's the blow <laughs> to the Thank scene. you. Good night. That's I, it. I go outside and there's valet and there'd been an accident. And I'm getting waiting for my car. I'm like, oh, I just want to get out of here. And, uh, and uh, Clint Eastwood comes up behind me and he goes, oh, you know, uh, Trump is a bonehead. He goes, uh, you know, the worst thing about getting elected mayor is then you got to be mayor. Like it was a, a nice moment. I mean, yeah. Clinton East was very conservative, but, yeah. you know, so I just kept it up. I mean, it, it, and then it went to, I get the show for Vice, the Huff and the Trump yeah. tapes, which was great fun. You know, I got to do, and people go to Russia and interview the, the sex workers and do all this stuff. And, and, but the best part was I got to work with some great journalists too, like Jane Bayer and, and Isakoff and Cord uh, and a bunch of people yeah. and kind of do this thing. And, and uh, uh, I got to have to go down to Mark Burnett's office and, and just have a bunch of protesters. And Mark Burnett, uh, as the show's coming out, I go to this night before party, which is the best party of television. There's yeah. television, which benefits the motion picture of, which is amazing. And I'm walking in there. I, I almost didn't go, but a buddy of mine uh, calls me and says, he, he just won an Oscar for, uh, the uh, Russian doping scandal documentary. That oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, I don't have a date. Do you want to I go? Oh, <laughs> I guess. So we're like the last two people walk in. And there's a lot of people in Hollywood are bad because I'm talking about Trump, right? This is 2018. And I get to the bottom of the And the top of the stairs is Mark Burnett. And yeah. he's like standing there like the king of the hill, like in grade school. He's like, has his hands on his hips, breathing, looking down at me. I'm like, okay. All right, this is going to, and then I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to put my head down and walk by him. And I get to the top of the steps and the guy grabs me, does that throat, grabs around, you know, he was with the Bear uh, Grills guys. So he showed up, you know, Mark Burnett was a special forces guy in the UK, in the UK. So it's not like a real one. But, <laughs> and I'm like, holy, and I grab uh, his belt loop. And I said, you better let me fucking get my ballot so we can fight fair. And yeah. I, I'm grabbing it. I fi- get to the top. Now, I pull myself to the top of the stairs so we're facing off. And the guy from Survivor, the host, he's like, holy shit, he's choking him. And, and then I, well, I got a little air. And then I'm like, the, uh, the, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to put some damage on his. And, yeah. and I'm going to rip off his Jesus chain. Yeah, get gold. Rip that. <laughs> and then I just want to leave some damage. But what people saw was at the top of the stairs, me, you know, doing that. You didn't see the lower part, but uh, and and here's the thing: he started. He was drunk. He started it, uh, and you think there would be some kind of consequence for a guy that's a CEO of MGM? Like, do they have some yeah. kind of clause so they can't yeah. start fist fights? Uh, but neither of us got kicked out, which says uh, a, a lot. And and uh, you know, at first though. We, they took uh, me out back here and him here. They're like, and the security's like, uh, yeah, well, you probably want to want to go, you guys. And then Brian Fogel, who was the director, who just won an Oscar, like, I'm not, I didn't do it. I, I'm going to go in there. And he took off running in past the security guys. And uh, and then Jeffrey Katzenberg came out and goes, hey, man, cut, yeah, you come back in. But if you see him, he's still here. Don't fucking beat the shit out of him here. Like, this is for the book. <laughs> picture of and i go you have my word and uh and then i go back in the, in the thing and then i get a text from marty singer who's my attorney he's like holy shit the wife posted a picture of a 
bruise and said you attacked her too. I'm like, what? what? Oh my god! Oh, Daddy Junior, I go, you got to. He goes, you got to call the police. I mean, dude, that's all you have to. Because now she says, she, by the way, I didn't even see her. So, yeah. uh, oh. you know, uh, uh, I did that. I filed the police. Went down to the thing the next Jesus. day. You know, but nobody would talk. Nobody would talk about. You know, uh, the people with him certainly aren't going to talk. And nobody wants to be involved in that nonsense. You know, and and it didn't matter. I mean, it was a really shitty thing. You know, I'm going to the thing, and yeah. it's completely about Trump. And it, you know, and I could he could have knocked me downstairs. I'm a dad, by the way. I don't. But uh, <laughs> that was. Uh, but I did feel like, well, at least I've made it clear my feelings on this, and I've done. You know, and, and the the thing about going around and making looking for these specific tapes. Like each episode, I'd be like, yeah. the and, and by the way, I believe some of these exist. You know, I don't think there's a P tape. Although the the sex worker uh, from the Rich Carlson said, "Oh, we we do about thirty to forty percent of what we do is P tapes on on business." <laughs> you know, so I could see how it's possible. But what I happened is I got to know Michael Cohen and got to know these people around Trump. Yeah. And, Jerry Falwell Jr. was a guy. I'm like that huh. guy. I got to get that guy. He's the worst. Yeah. Mason, you know, and and there'd been a story about him and a pool boy, right? Oh, our, and, our, uh, our friend just now, a former guest here, just made a documentary on him. Yes. I, uh, wait, God Billy forbid. Corbin. Oh, yeah, God yeah, forbid. Billy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I gave yeah. him tape. I helped him. I gave him tapes. I gave him <laughs> another pool boy. Amazing. Who's a great kid. And that documentary just, he did such a great job. But oh, I, even, I recorded, there were several pool boys, but I recorded, Michael Cohen called me to straighten me out on Jerry Falwell. It's the best tape ever. Or he's like, I just want to say, you got it wrong about Falwell and the pool boy and whatever. It's not a gay thing or whatever. It's just some pictures of the wife, the boudoir type. I mean, they're terrible. Uh, uh, but that's when I went down to do that deal. I go, well, that's none of my business. And I said, I just don't like it. They xenophobic and, and, uh, and, yeah. you know, the pool boy is, uh, Mexican and he, and he's like, build the wall. And I said, but that's his sexual thing with him and his wife. I'm not gonna. And then he goes like this. Yeah. The pictures are terrible. I still have one of the pictures. And then I hung up and then I went, flew to New York to see what, not that yeah. I want to see a picture of, of, but it wasn't a, it was not a boudoir picture. And, right. and so I, I thought, well, I've got to get this, get to know this young man, Giancarlo uh, Grande, who was really a hero. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, you know, um, and he just was out here last week. We went to the Soho, but he's, he's uh, amazing. And I thought, well, this is, this is, you know, because Michael Cohen, we talked a million times and, I gave Billy a bunch of the tape, but he lied to me. That's the problem. Like we were buddy. I was helping him. I was on his side. I was there. And uh, uh, what I realized, I said, I'm not going to do the Falwell thing until the day after he goes to prison. So yeah. I waited until the day after he goes to prison that I, that I did that. But I, what I found out is he was kind of back with the Falwells and fall or uh, Michael Cohen, who's complaining that they just dropped him. Michael Cohen today is back with the Falwells. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and where we broke up, we haven't talked in a while because in the fall of, I think, 2020, after uh, Giancarlo came forward yeah. and Jerry Falwell got kicked out of his own yeah. school, I said, I, I want you to do me a favor. Giancarlo wants out of that business 
arrangement. They have that land down there in, yeah. in uh, Miami, that youth hostel, the gay youth right. hostel. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, he owns uh, 25% of that, and he wants to get out. Like, he wants to start his life. You know, I said, he'll take 10 cents of the dollar, what it's worth. Would you be the fixer now for Giancarlo, like you were for the Falwells with the yeah. other pool boy? Yeah. And uh, I said, that would be really cool with your redemption tour and stuff. And he's like, well, Tom, we have different journeys. You're on your journey, I'm on mine. And I was like, fuck him. That's it. Oh. So it turns out that, Michael but, Cohen so, is a piece of shit. Is that well, what you're telling me? You know, he did. He's about 80% good. You know, yeah. you never, yeah, but, you, they always hold stuff back that they think may, uh, you know, reflect badly on them. But he's, you know, he, Michael Cohen did a lot of amazing stuff. I mean, when he was in prison, yeah. we had, I had a cell phone talking to him and then, and then something happened. He got in trouble with the cell phone, which I, I don't know if they let prisoners have cell phones. And then a journalist <laughs> called me. And said, I visited Michael Cohen, and he wants you to have this new number. <laughs> like we, we kept it constant. I was always trying to build him up, you know. It's a I have a question home. about that. So, 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 when you say he's in with the Falwells, are you just basing that on the fact that he wouldn't take on John Carlo's case, or, well, or because I can almost understand yeah, not yeah. wanting to get back in that no, world. I, I hear that he had uh, the 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 weekend before he went to prison. They had they came and took him to dinner, oh, and, uh, and the tape. Uh, um, I mean, he makes it clear how hurt his feelings were, and he went to their granddaughter's. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what it's called, christening or something, and he bought him a bought her a Chanel bag. I don't know. He was very hurt that they had not been in touch with him since the Trump stuff came down, and uh, and and then they they were, and then he made a decision. And maybe you know he was struggling for money. I mean, Michael Cohen lost everything: his law license, credit cards, and stuff, and. You know, his, his whole his, business was based on those taxi medallions, which which yeah. plummeted in value with Uber. So. Yeah. Yeah. And also that that thing, that's a whole oh, I know that whole <laughs> other freaking uh, thing. Uh, but, you know, Michael Cohen did a lot of amazing things. And I really wish him the best. And he's got a very nice family. Uh, well, but, you like know, in, Oh, yeah. sorry. It's like the thing when you're, when you're talking about the party and now you're talking about Michael Cohen and we're talking about this or Giancarlo. I think the thing that's been most disturbed, I mean, so much disturbing over the last several years, but was, is the lack of courage. Like you sit there, like at a party, like when you're like, everybody knows Trump for as long. When I, one of the first times I ever heard Donald Trump's name, I was a child and it, his, 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 he and his dad were, you know, were keeping black people out of those buildings, you know, trying to force out. I heard my mom just say, this fucking Trump family. And it was like, it just stuck in my head. And then you go on. So it was always buffoonery. Like you could make, he was a clown and an idiot. And it was when he came down that escalator, I laughed my ass off. I'm not going to be impressed. But the lack of courage people have had has been, it's been shocking. It's it been, is shocking. It's, it is it's, very it's, shocking. You know, uh, for my, you know, uh, uh, you know, before he was uh, this president, running for president, like he came on my sports show, message, yeah. he's like, hey, listen, I got a thing at the Playboy Mansion tonight for my vodka or whatever, and uh, <laughs> I want you to meet my new girlfriend. So why don't you come with me? So I'm like, he was on the show. I'm going to go with And, you know, you do a sports show. You don't – if you judged every no. uh, male athlete for their behavior. <laughs> so <laughs> I went over there with him. Oh, I went yeah. over there with him, and he introduced me to, to Karen McDougal, uh, who was in love with him. She was a playmate. But I didn't realize his wife was there and his <laughs> wife and his daughter. And they all took pictures together. I'm like, wait, which wife? Melania at that point. Yeah. Was it Melania? Yeah. 
Yeah, Melania. Oh, okay. and, uh, but they they all posed for, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy. But well, also, yeah. How many abortions has that guy paid for? It always drove me crap. We're a, a right to life guy and all this. Yeah. Like, you must yeah. have like a punch card of 15 abortions and the next one's free. I mean, there's no I, I mean, he, when he was on Howard Stern, he literally talked about wanting what's Melania her Marla, Marla Maples to have an abortion when she was pregnant with Tiffany. Like, he That's actually right. says it on Howard Stern. Don Jr. in the 90s, Trump kicked him out of the family. He got arrested for something at, uh, down in New Orleans, and my friends took care of him. My friends flew up with, paid for him to come to Maui with us, and, wow. you know, he was part of a, a younger people that I was sort of yeah. uh, uh, helping because of my uh, sobriety or whatever, and he was part yeah. of that group, and it was nice very work. sad that his dad... That was his dad's reaction to have him having this issue, and so a lot of people that I know from Denver really took care of him, and uh, and you know I the family, I, I get it why they're on board with their dad, but it is so disappointing that so many decent people, like that you kind of admire that that have got and there's still people that are on oh board with him. Which yeah. says more about them because he's never changed. He's the same guy. He's going to take them all off a cliff. He's going to take everybody off a cliff with him because he. The one thing about him is he's consistent. He is exactly yeah. who he always was. Completely. And if like I remember, like when I was like my whole Twitter thing with him that went on. What was instructive about it in some way was there is nothing. If you read through our hundreds of exchanges. He, he did not mix up any of like he just replaced my name with every other person. It's yeah. like he didn't mix it up. It didn't change. The plot was the same. And yeah, he was. And if you paid attention, he never paid his bills. I, I we knew contract. I grew, I grew up in Jersey. We had contractors that we knew who helped in Atlantic City who never got paid and all this kind of stuff. So it's just like it, it, it was so clear. The idea that he's like. I mean, just like the very simple fact that the boardroom on on The Apprentice is a fucking set. Yeah. All his. Yeah. So, I don't yeah. Know. And he didn't even, my, the, my buddy, who was a prisoner, said, you know, he wouldn't even remember who the people were. He goes, oh, who's no. that? like, yeah, the people that are, he was so intimate. But there's been a lot of disappointment. I want to say this about Michael Cohen, too. He was all on board until he wasn't. Of course. Uh, to the White House, like yeah, the the holiday season, Christmas, Hanukkah, before he you know left, uh, he was like uh, suicidal because Trump wasn't bringing him into the White House. Like his feelings were so hurt, and I'm not saying suicidal. He was genuinely suicidal. They were worried he was going to jump off the the uh, Regency. Like there's other lawyers who I. Friend of there were like just very worried, but I, at his credit, when he did start talking about it, you know, I said, I'm gonna go to New York and find him. I, I you know, the Tish family, i my godson is uh, Zach Tish, and and very yeah. close. Steve, Steve was my second best man ever, and uh, and so I ran, you know, ran into him, and then he he wanted to share. I way overshared. I shared everything to, and he got made him nervous. And, and uh, the New York Times got copies of Rudy Giuliani's correspondence to him. Like, what? Trump hates him. Why are you friends with Tom Arnold? This is the worst thing. And uh, but but I feel like one of the great things I one of the good things I did was I went public with what he said to me, 
yeah. that he's going to defend it. And then he and then he had to say it himself a couple weeks later, uh, Fourth July weekend for, uh, in 2018. He had to. He said verbatim what everybody said. I was crazy saying all this stuff. You know. I, I, I mean, the most instructive thing that I get with him, and I mean, he, look, he was a monster. He was a shit person for a long time. But I am, I do believe in redemption. But when you look at, like, what loyalty gets you, he was in jail, COVID hit, and they fought to keep him in jail during that period of time. The, like, the people he went to jail for, for writing a check for Donald yeah. Trump. Yeah. He then, they want to keep him in there. The house arrest. What a fucking monster. Yeah. Well, and you know, uh, people were like, you gotta be careful that Michael Cohen's a gangster. I go, no, no, he's not. You get up on, I, there's not one of these Trump people where you get their face and you're like, I, I'm concerned that this guy might kick my ass. You're, you're, it's very uh, disappointing because they're all cowards and the police. And yeah. Michael Cohen, right before he came out, or he was supposed to come out, yeah, I uh, I knew he was writing a book. I've been talking to him, and then the weekend before, whatever I tweet, Michael Cohen's book is going to tell all the shit about Trump, and then he got pulled back in, and they wanted him. They they, they put him back in. He's and he he'll say on the tape one of the tapes he's saying I got thrown in the hole because of your fucking tweet. I go, how could my tweet? Why? Who's paying attention? He's like, Bill Barr's paying attention. Trump's paying attention. I go, how can they throw you in the hole because of my tweet? Well, when he came out eventually, he had his uh, ankle bracelet. And that summer, uh, he went to have his ankle bracelet, whatever, charged up or whatever. And they pulled him in. And they said, we want you to sign this document right now that not only will you not tweet about Trump, but none of your friends or family will, which is not the first amendment. There's no way that's why. And he went back into jail for a few days because he wouldn't sign it. They wanted his book not to come out, but they also wanted his friends to not tweet about Trump, I guess, which is crazy. But he did go back and and got that worked out somehow. I assume, though, that he withheld some stuff from his book. Did you see that? I don't know if you watched Kimmel the other day, but what had just come out on him was that Trump had contacted Disney ABC to tell them to have Jimmy fooled it on the jokes. I mean, this is the free speech guy. This is the person who's talking about like, we, you know, we, we can't first amendment. We have to, yeah. I mean, he couldn't go to the correspondence dinner any of those years because he's so thin skinned. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Do you think the the people though, that like are so loyal to him, like, does he have dirt on them? Is it a black? People say that. I don't think he, you know, everybody's like Lindsey Graham, uh, you know. Yeah, like I wonder. Lindsey Graham, I think there's something. Yeah. I don't think it's Trump necessarily. I think it's Russia. But but he there's something on Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham, the day before he played golf with him that weekend, was like trashing him. They came out of that golf weekend. And it was a those kind of 180s don't just. Yeah, something had to. Well, Lindsey. Now, what they got on Lindsey Graham is that he's fucking Lindsey Graham. Like, that's all his, his historically, he's up, he's down, he's, you know, uh, uh, you know, the shit talk he did on Trump. There's a whole bunch of, I mean, Ted Cruz. Oh, there was so Howard. much shit talking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, why would you, and why would you allow yourself, you're a United States senator, for God's sake, why would you allow yourself to be 
blackmailed or manipulated or yeah. you know have some fucking pride. I think he, I, well, I think Lindsey Graham was just because I, I don't think it was just the gay stuff. I think there had to be something even more yeah. or or and some of them you know who knows. I mean, it, it's like. But just oh, even but other, like you, you can look at the things that he tweeted. You know, if Trump wins the presidency, like that was just you oh, know the so world. Yeah, of the, that, what he said that it was true, but but here's the thing: uh, Michael Cohen told me that when they're gearing up, that there's during the campaign, and they got a call from a guy in Russia that Trump knew it was friends with Putin. He said, "Listen, there is a tape of that night at the Ritz Carlton in 2013." Which, uh, by the way, I, I lived in Chris Carlson in 2015 for a few, three months filming a movie, and I'm sure they filmed. They do like, everything, yeah. Jerk off for the first week, <laughs> and then I'm like, "Fuck it, I'm jerking off." Like I also was like I'm proud of the, how you jerk off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like I hope it. it gets released to the public. It was amazing. Yeah. Like, but but he said the guy said we there is tape. We I got it, so don't worry. But know this, I've got it, and so that's <laughs> kind of what Michael Cohen did with the naked picture of Jerry Falwell's wife yeah. and others. Oh, yeah. I got it handled, but I do have a copy. So in 2016, when Trump lost uh, Iowa, yeah, Michael Cohen went right up to uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. and goes, hey, listen, maybe when I got you out of that uh, uh, jab with the naked pictures with your wife, well, I still got one picture left, and now I need you to do me a favor for my boss and <clears throat> support him, because that was a game changer. Because once Jerry Falwell Jr., all the other scumbag evangelicals said, "Oh, he's doing it, so we, you know, we could do it." Yeah, no, he, they organized. They, 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 out of that, it's so it's so fucking amazing. I mean, I don't think Ted Cruz is compromised. I think Ted Cruz is just a worm. I think he just is. He, you know. I mean, well, Ted yeah, Cruz, he, how you know he is an evangelical. His dad's a preacher, and it's crazy that all of a sudden Jerry Falwell's like, "I'm going to go with Trump. He's the most like Jesus." Like, there's a. <laughs> There's a couple speeches that Jerry Fall Jr. gave that are so uncomfortable. Oh, I so, crazy. you know, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, he's uh, you know, oh, it's crazy. I mean, and I also I, my favorite is Cruz is just like you know, the, the, Trump called his wife ugly. Yeah. Yeah. said his father killed Kennedy. Right. And, and it's like and, I, and and then and then proceeded to suck his dick. Yeah, it, it was like immediately the next picture you saw was Cruz at the phone banks campaigning for Trump yeah. with the sign. It was just, and he looked yeah. like he was about to cry. He always looks like he's on the verge of tears. But it like, makes you <laughs> admire Mitt Romney. Think about Mitt Romney. Yeah. He's always, he's a, he is who he, you may, but you know. Well, well, who he is. is. There's a documentary about Mitt Romney and his family. The greatest. After mm -hmm. the election. Yes. I think if people see that, they, he might have beat Obama. It honestly changed how i feel i mean i his politics i do i a lot of things i had problems with mitt romney of course i still do however yeah. the caricature of him was on incorrect based I mean, right. that documentary and i'm yeah. as left as you yeah. get but that documentary was like oh that impressed me and i think he's yeah. been critical yeah and he uh, he stood up to the whole you know maga world and i mean, like, I mean I, I, and, and fuck it there's nobody there's no polit there's nobody politics wise like pure politics not um, uh, I you know crazy hate, but then Liz Cheney, and that she can she's be amazing. I mean, she's she amazing. Was, yeah. Can you imagine it without Liz Cheney, and she's so articulate. You know, yeah. um, sometimes uh, 
you know, Joe Biden, I get nervous when he talks. I get nervous yeah. when he rides a bike. When, or when walks. he walks or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but oh, she, shit, here we go. This Katie just fucking, and she's got the bona fides from the conservative, you know, and she just killed it. She, she had more courage than the Democrats. Oh, she, she, she was. There's nobody. She, she knew she was throwing it away. I mean, Adam Kissinger, I like him too. Did I say his name right? Yeah, both of, both of those guys did it too. Yeah, he did too. But, but Liz Cheney was so eloquent and just relentless. And, and uh, you know, she knew I've given up this, uh, my career. And, and uh, just this one woman was, I mean, I don't know where we'd be without no. her. Well, she was she was the hero we needed in that moment, and 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 you keep you keep waiting for more. Um, they're they they're they're trickling out slowly. What what what's your feeling on the pace of the investigation of Merrick Garland? I know where I feel, but uh, where, where uh, I mean, I feel like the guy. I knock on wood that he's just being super thorough. I was down uh, in Paul Beach doing yeah. doing it, giving a speech, and uh, the uh, uh, the uh, uh, state attorney happened to be there because we were talking about. Sobriety and what yeah. we're doing, what you know, I do a lot of stuff with the U.S. Drug Court and where we try to help people and try to. So I work with, you know, judges and FBI guys and 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 these people I'd have nothing in common with except this one thing where we want to figure out a way to help people that you know are addicts to give them a chance. And he told me he's getting indicted for sure. And this guy has no uh, reason to, and he he's, he's got to. Um, I'm not sure where it's going to come from. It's but so glacially slow, though. And it, it sort of like betrays yeah. equal justice, all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. But it's good that, that the January 6th committee pushed them. Yeah, we needed it. I mean, stuff. We needed to be pushed. But, but, you know, there's never been anything like this. And, uh, oh, I know. But, but they got to because, you know, everybody, if we're all equal, he's, uh, you know, and I think the other Republicans are praying to God it happens. Oh. They've always been. They've always wanted us to do their dirty work for them Completely. and get rid of Trump because they don't have the courage to do it. So they're like, "We're going to let the Democrats fucking take care of this guy. We hate him. Yeah. Like, none of them like him. None of them to behind his back like him. No one but likes he, him. No. And, yeah. So. But none of them want to risk losing voters for themselves or getting criticized or being made fun yeah. of or nicknamed. Who gives a shit about that? When yeah. you know, in our lives. That shit happens all the time, or work or whatever or whatever, and we're like, "Fuck that!" You know, the Republicans made they made this Faustian bargain that, like, because basically it's all about like tax breaks for the rich. If you start there, that's what that's what it's about. So how do we get them? We we get disenfranchised white people who have hate. We we weaponize their hate. We say, "Hey, we're on the same team. You're not making money because of brown people." And when that doesn't work out, you say, "Well, Jews control the bank or whatever," and and they still get their tax breaks. I sound like Bernie all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I look like Bernie too. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, you put your mittens uh, on and fucking go on a rant. I know. Yeah, come on. But they, you know that was like so. Ne- the, those um, the 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 things that have been in discovery for the uh, Dominion voting machines and Fox were all of them. And 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 Tucker just said it out loud. It's like yeah. our stock prices are going low. So it's we can't tell them. We have to tell them what they want to hear, not the truth. Yeah. And that's what the Republican Party is. Yeah, and it, but it's it's great to hear. I in the back of my mind, I thought, well, maybe Fox. You know, I work for Fox for, uh, and, and it's the same company, News Corp, and Fox Sports, Fox. I, and, my family was Fox. I, yeah, I worked. I worked for Fox as a sports yeah. producer. <laughs> no, uh, but I went down. My buddy's the president of Fox Sports. He was like my one of my uh, 
the segment producers, and then became the president of Fox Sports. Like his career's got better, Mike. And so <laughs> I went down to have lunch with him at the commissary there on uh, Pico, yeah. and the the all the Murdochs were there. This is 2018, and I went up and I said to Lachlan, "When, when the fuck is? When are you gonna uh, uh, get rid of Trump? I mean, fucking this is. Okay, does your does your dad have the power? To, he was sitting right there." And he goes, yeah, he does have the power. And it will happen. It, when he decides it's going to happen, it will happen instantly. And I go, well, I fucking hope so, man. And yeah. But not, you know, we. He, the great thing about Rupert Murdoch did his deposition is he was just yammering about, it's not red, it's not blue, it's green. Green. Oh, <laughs> shit. But in the back of my mind, I always thought, well, maybe this Suzanne Scott, maybe she comes in there, maybe she has a spine, maybe she's a decent human trying to get things because Fox does have good liberals or good smart, you know, there'll be five against one, but sometimes, and I'm just hoping somebody there is, you know, but it, no, no, anybody no. involved, and, you know, they will only let Howie, uh, what's his name on his show about whatever that show is on Sunday morning yeah. where, where he talks about what's going on, the media stuff, this fake, whatever. Oh, and he said, this, talk about it. They won't let him talk about it this yeah. way. He said it. So they have, uh, you know, and then you watch them, you know, and and the five. I, I do I do record that because once in a while I'll go to, up to the, yeah. and I'm just amazed that they have it. Because, you know, backstage they're like, fuck, this shit is fucking awful. How could we work for, you know, the, the money, obviously, but, you know, how do you do this? And they got oh, a comedian on their gut felt. You know, like, that's like, and he's like the king of late night. And it's so fucking awful. Awful. You know, being a comedian that can't make fun of what's really funny or right yeah. here. And you call people liars and you're like, they're the liars. They're the fake news. And they really are fake news. They really, it really is, you know, I, and I hope something comes out of that. Me too. Me too. I mean, the, the most telling thing I always loved was especially like, for the end of his presidency and even post-presidency when Trump would call in to um, Fox and friends in the morning, in the morning. and be on and monologue for an hour and watching their faces. Yeah. Like, when is he going to stop confessing to crime? Like, yeah. it, it was like, it, it was just, cause they're not, you know, there's no brain trust amongst right. those three. So it was yeah. like, it was, it was just amazing to watch that. Yeah. You know, yeah, every time he I, called in, they were like, motherfucker. Uh, yeah. You know, how are we going to cover up this bag of shit? Yeah, but also that sometimes they want to get off. You know, it's like live TV, you got to hit oh, a yeah. And the, how uncomfortable they got. Oh. When he was president, they had to let him just go off. But, you know, he's always done that, called in to do things before he was president. 9-11, yeah. he called in somewhere, like, <laughs> being super weird. And, uh, and you know. I have the tallest building in New York now. Yeah. Oh, God, right? Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, they're like, we got Trump on line three. Oh, there's a couple Giuliani documentaries. There was one on, uh, uh, I'm not sure if it was on CNN or MSNBC. CNN. And now there's one on the, whatever the other one is, MSNBC, yeah. that I've watched a couple of. I mean, it's that guy, you know, part of the, they, those guys were met for each other. Oh, my God. Well, I was like, I used to say, like, as, as it started, as the campaign started, I was like, I'm so glad everybody gets to meet September 10th, Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. He's always been kind yeah. of a bad dude. Yeah. But, but suddenly he's like America's mayor. He's, he's like, yeah, you're, he, it, it goes to speak about how horribly 
George W. Bush handled the aftermath that yeah. Giuliani became the hero because Correct. the bar was so low. He wasn't reading a book to children. So it was like. <laughs> right. But doesn't uh, George W. Bush and the Bush family look like kind of, you know, uh, royalty oh. now that Trump is, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I they, they were certainly well-meaning. Oh, my the, God. You know, I think about how mad I would get at Reagan. And it's like, you know, it's like, ugh. I'll tell you my, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, many years ago, I went on the Tonight Show. Well, Roseanne sang the National Anthem. Let's say that first. <laughs> yes. yes. Beautifully, yeah. by the way. You know, and, you, know. and uh, you know, when you're the husband, you got to support, you know. And uh, sure. she sang. And uh, I was supposed to throw out the first pitch. And and the guy comes up with the ball. He's like, hey, buddy, you probably won't get the fuck out of here. I go, yeah, I do. But I'm going to throw out this pitch because I'll never be allowed to baseball stadium as long as I live. So yeah. you can see me get my fat ass out there and throw out the pitch. And we get on the plane. I get her out of there. And she's upset. And I, I'm like, why are you upset? She goes, oh, my God, they're booing me. It's the worst thing ever. It's going to hurt the show. It's going to work. And I go, what? You know, come on, man. Yeah, there was some boo in baseball, like boo pal. But it's just fear of it. I said, I heard a lot of cheers, too, I guess. I swear to God, I heard a lot of cheers. <laughs> really? I go, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought you were very brave. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Like, well, it was fun. And so by the time we got to, from San Diego to LAX or wherever our, our flight was, uh, she was fine. I'd convinced her like a good husband. Wow. And before she did it, uh, uh, she said, Oh, I, people are saying I can sing. I want to sing National Anthem at a, at a Dodger game. They will they want to have me. I go, no, no, I got an idea. Uh, you know, because I have a theory that you can't do. God doesn't bless you with all skills. Yeah, and, he doesn't give with both hands. But yeah. also you got to support your wife, but you have to protect her. Yeah. Her health, maybe, and vice versa. So I said, hey, let's do it. In, okay, you can sing. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it in San Diego. No one will ever hear about it if it goes sideways. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, and so and Tom Warner owned the team, who was a executive yes. producer of Roseanne. But anyway, we landed LAX. What happened is during that flight, George H. W. Bush had been watching the game with his friend who owned the Padres, and said, "That's she's a disgrace to America." Like he said that in front of the press. I remember. So, there was a shit store there. You know, we get through going through the airport and people are all on her as back in the days they had the big heavy cameras and yeah. they're bumping into her. She's only five foot tall. And, uh, and at one point a guy camera hit her and she said, get him, honey. And you know, as a, you know, that's when your wife says, get him, honey. You fucking, yeah. So I took down, I tackle these three guys, you know, take them down into baggage break their cameras. And she was like, Oh my God, you're my hero. And then, uh, but there was a fourth guy downstairs filming me do this. So I got arrested oh, man. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, take it to, I had to go to court and ended up, I ended up getting the, the community service every weekend where I'd put the orange jumpsuit on with a hillside straggler was up on the 405. <laughs> but, uh, which is kind of a great break. I have to say from five o'clock Friday till, yeah. Five Monday, I I didn't have to be in the middle of our stuff, but uh, we went on the Tonight Show, <clears throat> or I did after that, and uh, uh, for something, and I trashed George. But it wasn't like funny trashy. Oh, it was vitriol. Like, it was a Johnny, and it was it was you know you know yeah. the difference. Spit, you get thoughtful, you can do some funny. But I wasn't. And the next morning, I saw Maria Shriver, and she's like, because uh, you know Arnold was George H. W. Bush's yeah, yeah, yeah. guy, like. I would always joke that I was Trump is so bad. I'm his fitness guy. But so she goes, uh, oh, I heard you talking about the president last night. I go, yeah. She goes, 
that was pretty rough. I go, oh, well, I, 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 I'm sure he doesn't watch Johnny Carson. She goes, he does. I go, well, he doesn't give give a shit what I say. And she goes, I bet he does. <laughs> and she wow. goes, I go, well, do you, uh, uh, do you have his address? And she goes, yeah, she pulled out a pad. And I wrote him a note. Like, dear Miss President, okay, jokes are great. I have the right to, but but I went over the line and I was being sorry, Tom Arnold. I handed it to Maria Shriver, and uh, and two days later, a Secret Service guy comes to my house with a handwritten note from the President of the United States and said, "Hey, Tom, you can make fun of anybody uh, you want. That's just part of the job." Hey, Jerry Weintraub loves you. And it was it was probably the only other Jew he knew in Hollywood. He goes, <laughs> "Would you join Barbara and I for dinner in Las Vegas? We're flying to Las Vegas this weekend." And I was like, oh, shit. I, I was like, and so I, I, even George W. with people, you know, same people making fun of you. I was like, I don't know. It, it's a quality family, that family. Because once, oh, I, I you know, that. get a president has you to dinner. And, and his wife was awesome, George yes. H.W. Bush. But, but, yeah, it does seem quaint, all that awful stuff that happened back then, uh, now. Tom, I got to say, um. I wish you were a little bit more interesting. I, yeah. I'm a little disappointed um, in this. Um, holy shit. These are some amazing stories. I, I feel like I've only scratched the surface, but I want to get to, um, first of all, I, what's coming up? Are you, are you working on anything uh, that is not political? Are you, are you? Um, well, there's, uh, uh, I did, uh, uh, you know, there's a new True Lies uh, TV series. It's really, yeah, I know. Uh, I, I my friend Ginger is the co-star there. Um, Ginger oh, Gazzella. she's fucking killer. She's the best. She's so great. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I went down and, you know, there's a younger guy playing me. Yes, I saw and, uh <laughs> But I went down and did, they wrote a new character named Artie. It's a, a stretch. But it's really what would happen to my old character 28 years later. Where would he really be? And there's a line I say in the original, what kind of a sick bitch takes the ice cream trays out of the freezer? Well, you find out in the episode I did with it because she's on it and she's still trying to kill me. So I had a wonderful time <laughs> with it. They're very cool. Steve Howie, everybody. Yeah. You know, Cameron produces it. There's like 18 executive producers. I doubt three along. But I, I, I wish those guys a, a ton of, you know, and, and, and your friend Ginger is such a great playoff of that. The, the two of them, yeah. I, I just really, really enjoyed it. She's amazing. Yeah, she's, she's got the quickest kid. mind. I, I, I've read some of her scripts as well, and they're really sharp and tight. Like she's really, she's the whole package. She's really, yeah. She's a great person. So that, that, you know, I did Arnold's Netflix. Uh, spy series it's supposed to be like you know that comes out in may um, oh i can't wait to see it what's it called it's called uh uh fubar like fucked up yeah, beyond, beyond all repair uh, yeah and he's got it's fun it's fun there's a lot of action it's fun and i do a reoccurring thing on uh the rookie feds on abc oh my friend uh, Alexi uh, you know but i'm uh you know i'm always uh you know i'm always looking for stuff Me? and you know, doing some stand up and whatever. Yeah, you're gonna do a spot I, on my I, I really show, do. my improv show. Oh, yeah, that's very exciting. Very exciting. Oh, that's very cool. Good. Yeah, I'd be yeah. dying to work with you, Tom. If I if I get something going, you would, I would definitely bring you along. That's a good segue, though, Jenny. Into yes. like uh, we always talk, we always wrap up the show with things we've been watching that aren't uh, stuff we're doing. Yeah. And what have you been enjoying? You got one or two shows? Yeah, uh, 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 the offer, which is you know Al Ruddy. It's really about Al Ruddy, the producer who produced Godfather. By oh, all yeah. Oh, He's such an interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's a series uh, about him. And then Shrinking, there's a documentary that, uh, what's his name, Jonah Hill did about his, with his real therapist. I saw that. Is it good? 
-hmm. Yeah, the documentary's good. And then the, there's a show about it now, too, a scripted show. Yeah, which it's a Bill Watson show on, yeah. pretty good. on Apple. Uh, the Tulsa King, I like the slideshow. Stolen Youth, which is a documentary about the NYU that's guy that started a cult there. He moved in with his daughter. It's like who oh, would the Sarah Lawrence thing? The... Sarah Lawrence, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who was... the fuck wouldn't know that's a weird thing when the dad is living in there and wow. and uh, yeah, that's a yeah, that's that's prepared. That's good. You're 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 winning. I know. Oh, my memory. You're winning podcast guests in a major way. Yeah, like we should give a, an award for podcast I know we do. Guests. We're going to make awards. This at the end of the year, we're going to do an award show. Yeah. Gonna, we might know. have to have you back, Tom, and do a part two. Like, what about you? Yeah, I think I would love that. Um, um, Jenny, what else? I have I watched that. I am obsessed right now with the Murdoch murders. Oh. I am too. That I Netflix, that, have Netflix you, series. I, I plowed through that in one night. I'm like, like, I watched the first episode. I was like, this is a horrible family. The second episode, I was like, this family is really, by the third, I was like, this is the worst fucking family in the history of families. So I I'm finished obsessed it, with it. I just want to say, I finished it like this around the same, probably the same time as you did. And then immediately went on YouTube and started watching his testimony. Oh, <laughs> brutal. brutal. And I'm not sure that he's not going to be found not guilty. Like, because he's, I feel like that family has so much pull. Like, I, I yeah, feel like. I also yeah, like, I don't know. you think that like at least one of the jurors is going to have like some you know photograph of their kid being picked up at school, <laughs> slid under the hotel door or something like that? Like I just feel like that family is so awful, and how each Here. person was like, "Oh, I heard they can make people disappear," and like, well, yeah, terrifying, but it's fascinating. Yeah, awesome. what about you, Danny? Well, well, that was I was no, you yeah. literally took mine. But the other thing I've been watching, I'm like I'm the last to this, I'm sure. But I've started, I, I, I'm almost through season two of Party Down, which I missed. I, oh, I, I, oh. Yeah. I used, I used to like, it was one of those shows that I would sometimes at a party say, oh, it's great. Because I knew clips and I knew people on it. Yeah. And so I lied that I liked it. But boy, I like it more than the lie I told to say I'd seen it. So, yeah. um, and I know they have new new episodes coming on Stars now. So I, I'll be I'll right I have to give that a whirl. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, it's so. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I will definitely give It's such a good show. Well, Tom. This has been uh, so fun. Like, seriously. It's good to talk to adults. You know, I'm around a seven and nine-year-old almost all the time. And uh, uh, it's good to talk to, you know, I, I talked a lot. Sorry. But it's good to chat with you guys. And, and you're very. Uh, it's a podcast. So the worst thing would be for us is if, like. You didn't talk. We've, we've had it occasionally. Um, I'm not going to say who, but we're yeah. you're drawing them out, and we're like we're we're juggling. You, yeah. I found like I could have. I, I felt a little bit I could kick back today. And we'll yeah. See. <laughs> no, at one point I was like I forgot we were doing the podcast because I was just sitting here listening to your fucking Michael Cohen story. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Um, so thank you, thank you, doing it, Nation. Um, yes. We'll see you next week. Stick around, Tom. Though. Yeah, Good. don't go anywhere just yet. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.
J-E-N-N-Y